Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I'll admit it was kind of a slow news day, but Doug sent me one that caught my attention. Book returned to Massachusetts Library after nearly 120 years. 120 years. Uh, And that's a book that was checked out that long ago uh, and just now made its way back to the library. The person who checked it out is not the person who returned it. (laughs) Just, Just a theory I'm working on here. But the UPI reported this story written by Ben Hooper. A West Virginia librarian said a recent donation of books included a tome checked out from a Massachusetts library. It turned out to be nearly 120 years overdue. Now, the curator of rare books at West Virginia University Library said a person who donated a stack of books warned her to keep an eye out for a book that previously belonged to another library. And the way you would know this, of course, is that libraries often stamp inside the book someplace that it's property of that library. I've seen it stamped all over the book, different places. And then occasionally libraries do sell books that aren't that popular or they need to make room for other books. And so they'll routinely sell books at library book sales. And when they do that, they'll usually stamp the book in such a way as to say that the book has been taken out of the circulation section of the library and is then going to be released back into the wild. So this person here, the curator of rare books, made her way through the stack and eventually located the book, An Elementary Treatise on Electricity by James Clerk Maxwell, checked out from the New Bedford Free Library in Massachusetts with a return date of December 10th, 1903. 1903. So it's a little overdue. Librarians determined the book did not have a withdrawn sticker, so it was still considered the property of the Massachusetts Library. So the withdrawn sticker is one way they do it. And, and I've actually got a bunch of these books in my personal collection because I will routinely go online and look for books. If a book is not available brand new, if it's not in print anymore, you can often find used books. And sometimes it'll say it's a used book, former library book, to let you know that it's got some wear. It might have some stamps on it indicating that it used to belong to a library, but not anymore. Here the curator mailed the book back to the New Bedford Public Library, which then shared photos of the book on its Facebook page. And their post said, it's never too late to return an overdue library book. Now, I looked this up because I was not familiar with the title. An Elementary Treatise on Electricity. Uh, And it was published after its author had passed away. So they call that a posthumously published book. And it's on electricity, as you might guess from the title, An Elementary Treatise on Electricity. Uh, It was uh, written by James Clerk Maxwell, but of course he passed away before it got published. It was edited by William Garnett. The book was published in 1881 by Oxford University Press, two years after Maxwell died in 1879. The editor's note at the beginning of the book states that most of the book's content was written about five years before Maxwell's death. So, of course, I would say it was written around 1874. So, as you can imagine, it probably contains some cutting-edge information on electricity. (laughs) Much of the material was drawn from lectures that Maxwell gave on electricity to members of the Cavendish Laboratory, the Cavendish Laboratory. So um, that's the story. Uh, It's an old, old book, and it was donated to one library, but the person donating it said it's possible 
that there's a book in there that belongs to another library. And the libraries apparently operate on some code where they all agree to look out for each other's books in case they pop up on one place or another far from where they ought to be. I've mentioned before that my mother passed away a couple years ago, and she made it well into her 90s. And um, I'm not sure if I've mentioned before that she was a librarian. She, 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 she actually she taught, and she you know, had a variety of, of jobs that she had in her, in her career. The primary one that she had, and I think that if you asked her, what do you consider yourself to be? Pick the one, the one word to describe your profession. She would have said, I'm a librarian. And so she was a librarian at a couple different schools. And uh, after she retired, she volunteered to be the librarian at the Finnish Center in Michigan because of my family's Finnish background. And so she was a member of the Finnish Center, and they had books. And so she oversaw their book collection, turned it into a library, and uh, she organized it and kept it you know, uh, in order, which, of course, librarians are great at. And um, that's what she did. But I remember <laughs> when I was a little kid, I remember being a little kid, probably five or six years old, uh, in elementary school. Uh, and I don't remember if it was kindergarten or first grade. I forgot how old you had to be before they trusted you going into the library. But I remember a teacher explaining to us how libraries worked. And I remember the teacher saying, down the hallway, there's this big room filled with books. It's the school library. And uh, once a week, we're going to go down there, and you can look around at the books that are in there. You can pull them off the shelves. You can look at them. You can put them back. Please do that. Uh, and um, if you want to look at one of these books for an extended period of time, all you have to do is take it up to the front and speak to the librarian, and she'll have you sign your name on this card, and then she'll stamp it with a return date, and you can actually take that book out of that room. You can bring it back to this classroom. You can take it home. Just take care of the book. And at the end of the period for which you borrowed it, you bring it back. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, what's it going to cost? This has got to cost me something. <laughs> no one does anything for free. What, what's, there's no free lunch, honey. What, what, what's, what's the bottom line here? And I remember the teacher saying, there's, there's no charge for this. They, 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 they just do this. And I remember thinking to myself, boy, what a lousy business model. They, <laughs> that's that's got to be a money loser. What, what, who thought of this? But of course, <clears throat> libraries exist all over the place. They exist in schools. They exist in communities. They, you know, there's, there's, there's the Library of Congress, right? And I've written a dozen books or so. It's hard to keep track. And as Part of being an author who's written books, I routinely go around and speak about my books. And if a library, any place near me, and by near me, I mean within the state of Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, if anybody from a library contacts me and says, hey, Steve, will you come into our library and give a talk on one of your books? So it could be about the Italian Hall disaster, Chrysler Turban Car, the Winged Cars, the Tucker, Douglas Houghton. These are things I've gotten to speak about many, many, many times in libraries. And one of the interesting things is, like, I know where my hometown library is, and I've gone in there many times. And I also remember the hometown library that I grew up with in Birmingham, Michigan, the Baldwin Library. And so I will often go to a small community, and you drive into town, you realize they've only got one stoplight, if that. 
And they've got a gas station. They've got a Dollar General because those things pop up everywhere. Uh, and, and quite often, they have one library. Now, the library might be freestanding. It might be attached to another building. I've seen it before where it's a complex with a library, police station, and a courthouse, that kind of thing. But you'll discover that communities that often don't have other amenities will have a library. And one of the things I discovered is how often that library is like the focal point of the community. That's where the community gathers. That's where they exchange information. It's often you walk into the library and there's a community bulletin board with all the announcements for the community, not just the library announcements, but for the whole community. Uh, That's also where people often go in to get information on upcoming elections, locally, state, nationally, the the whole shooting match. And so I discovered that libraries are actually much more important, especially in small towns, than I would have guessed previously. And it's just something I've learned because I've spoken at so many of them. So I've spoken in libraries in tiny little towns that I never would have guessed even had libraries until they invited me to speak there. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I've, I've found that I get invited to speak at a lot of places, historical societies, schools, colleges. And libraries, to me, are often the ones that I enjoy the most because, number one, like I said, my mother was a librarian. So I have a, I have a fond feeling about libraries just to begin with. But also, I like to go into the libraries and, and just kind of walk around and get a feel for the place because by glancing at the community bulletin board, I can see what's happening in town. By glancing at, like, these are our new books, the ones that are featuring or something, or they've got some theme going, I can see that and get a feel for what the people in the, in the community like to read. And a lot of times you'll see people in there reading books or reading the periodicals or, or just looking around, and it's interesting. Because like I said, I did not know that the small town libraries were as important as they are. So I am a big supporter of libraries. Uh, I love libraries. And again, if you run a library in that area I described earlier, which is, like I said, any place near me, and near is a a, a vague term on purpose, uh, I love to come to libraries and talk about the books I've written. Because I think books are extremely important. And I think libraries are too. And the libraries, of course, over time become a repository of, of, of a lot of the learning, a lot of the things that we use to, to teach ourselves and other people about what's happening. And so libraries are important. So I was pleasantly surprised to see a story about a library across my desk. I realized this is not exactly the biggest story of the century, but, uh, well, it may have been one from last century. <laughs> Book returned to Massachusetts Library after nearly 120 years. Ben Hooper wrote that UP. I published it in Doug Senate. Thanks a lot. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. It's the damage that we do and never know. It's the words we don't say that scare me so.